On today's episode, we talk about the main reasons that we've learned over our years of coaching now that people aren't seeing the progress that they want to see. It can come down to stress. It can come down to not weighing and measuring our food. And we've got about 14 total reasons on this podcast why you are probably not seeing the progress you want to see. So take a listen, have a hard internal dialogue and start making some changes. You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators and this is The Food Code. Hello, happy Wednesday. My life is in shambles right now. (laughs) I just, I I, I really don't know. I mean, I only had one child at the time, but like looking back on actual COVID timeframe when daycares were closed, I don't know how I worked. We also didn't have video calls. I think that's the biggest thing Mm -hmm. because right now Taylor and Carson are home because so Taylor, as of today, Taylor got started having symptoms two weeks ago. I got COVID two days after that. So she gave it to me. And then Carson decided to wake a whole wait a whole week to get COVID. So then it just restarted our quarantine. <laughs> it's like they never it's the gift that never stops <laughs> giving gift. right it's now. An awful gift is what it is. And I just get so mad at the Chinese. Why did you create this? Because I am like, poor Taylor has been coughing horribly. She's super congested. Like, I took her to the doctor because I was like, she's only five months. And this cough that she's having is just so nasty. And it keeps her up at night and in turn keeps me up at night. Nick and I are both trying to work full time while having both children home. Hopefully, this is the last week. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Well, and you've had a pretty bad cough too. So mm-hmm. it- I've been okay, but mine, it just won't go away. Like, it's sta- it's stable but it's just not getting a whole lot better. Um, my congestion's definitely getting better, but I still have this like chest cough where I'm definitely feel like I'm like coughing stuff up. Um, but the, the like uncontrollable coughing attacks that I was having last week are definitely done. Those aren't happening anymore. So yeah, must've been all those supplements that you took. I know there was a lot. I'm still taking some of them. Yes. So if you guys haven't seen you, or if you haven't heard, um, <laughs> both of our families got hit with yeah. COVID, probably spread it to each other uh, some way, knows? somehow, who knows. But anyways, we have posted a couple of things regarding like all the different natural supplements yep. that we've been taking, taking for COVID prevention. I'm still continuing to take vitamin C, NAC, zinc, things like that, because mm-hmm. right now, I mean, we are in cold season, freezing. It was yeah. negative two this morning. Yeah, it was awful and on our walk my face hurt like my and the nick and i need to get um a humidifier in our house mm. and we either don't have one right now or it's not working very well because i i got i bought one of those like humidity trackers mm-hmm. humidity in the house i think should be like 40 percent. i think is where you want it at ours is like 25 percent. and my lips are constantly trapped like my skin is getting dry i try to keep both kids you know with lotion poor carson's face gets red and he's like i need medicine my face hurts and mm-hmm. it's i think we need to get it's, i don't want to spend a thousand dollars on one but you know what a really strong one yeah Yeah. and i would just put it upstairs like where all your bedrooms are yeah so we keep humidifiers in both kids room right rooms right now um but yeah it's just like you can tell the house itself Mm -hmm. is just dry so it's i went into marcus's room the other day and our windows 
they need to be replaced. Some of them are really bad. And his had popped open. Mm. Um, and so it was super cold, super drafty. And I was telling Art, I'm like, I, I think we're going to need to get a ladder and go outside and like try to push it from the outside. He eventually fixed it. But I mean, it is freezing cold it's freezing. and there's so i mean our house has a lot of draft in mm-hmm. it so the only way that we keep the humidity in here well is we have one in our bedroom one in his bedroom yeah. and they're big and we have one down here in the basement too so yes yep. anyways you know here's the thing we're all healthy we're making it through yep. it's just one day at a time right now it's super fun so today we wanted to come up with like an extensive list of if you are not seeing progress the areas to check the boxes like have a hard conversation with yourself today. Re- listen to each of these points that we're going to make and really ask yourself if you are doing, like if you are in the process of trying to see progress, are you doing these things? Because I think some of them are obvious, mm-hmm. but I think some of them are not so obvious. And I, I think a lot of people think that they're doing everything, um, but you might be doing enough to maintain but seeing progress is a whole different story because uh, progress doesn't come easy sometimes, guys, especially if you've been doing this for a while. So we'll start out with number one. I think this is probably one of the biggest ones. <laughs> when your weeks are super restrictive and your weekends are not tracked because a lot of people think like, I don't eat as much on the weekends or I really don't do that bad on the weekends. And then the types of food that they're eating on the weekends is what kills them. Yeah, or that they're erratically eating. So they're maybe Mm -hmm. skipping meals, their routine is different. And they think that this one meal out where maybe it's a little bit more indulgent isn't that bad. But when they, if they were to truly track it into my fitness pal, let's say like a burger and fries or even a salad at some places, you're looking at upper of 1200 to 1500 calories Mm -hmm. just in that one meal because of the way that the food is prepared in the restaurants. And when we look at this across Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, Guys, that's almost half of your week, right? And it's one thing for you to be really, really restrictive Monday through Thursday or Monday through Friday. Beck and I have both lived this life before, (laughs) but you can and will throw away all of your progress if the weekends do not stay consistent. Mm -hmm. We're not saying you can't go out and enjoy a meal out with your family. That is not what we're saying. But we need to be honest about the foods that we're consuming, the types of foods that you know we are choosing when we're at the restaurant. A lot of people go for the convenience factor, right? Like I'm here and it's convenient, it's fun. Maybe they get caught up in the emotions and this is what the family wanted. So we're just going to roll with the punches. And then they don't realize, oh, wow, that slice of pizza that I had with this salad with chicken and bacon and dried fruit and things like that, that pushed me into Mm -hmm. that, you know, 1500 range. And so there has to be a real evaluation of the types of foods that you're consuming, as well as planning and preparing for those times. You can balance this, right? Mm -hmm. You can even plan to have maybe one higher day a week if you chose to do that with your intake. But that food quality still needs to be a consideration. It's not, we do not believe in the cheat meal mentality where you can go. (laughs) Well, who is it? Um, I'll have to find out uh, who started this. I was listening to a podcast with Cody McBroom and Mm -hmm. Alan Aragon the other day, and they're talking about if it fits your macros, right? And how everybody took this and spun it to, I can eat donuts or I can fit pizza or whatever. But there was someone also who came up with this idea that for 45 minutes, you could have your free meal and you could eat whatever you wanted. Just just fit it all in. That used to be me. Mm -hmm. It it started with drinking, and then it would be like the wheels fell off the bus, and I would consume everything in sight. And it would like, it became a problem. Like I was finishing like entire bags of Chex Mix. It was like my poor husband. We actually, (laughs) 
really fun, quick fun story not not funny but it's funny now in retrospect so our church posted um we were watching church the other day because we were all sick but we were watching it on tv and they were talking about like um the 12th of february we're gonna have a wine and paint night and i go too bad that we're gonna be traveling that weekend like that sounds really fun and he goes we're never doing that again <laughs> do you remember the last time we did that becca i went through a phase where like when i drank i drank and it drank really fast and we went to a wine and paint thing and nick looked over like an hour into it and i had finished two bottles of wine oh my gosh (laughs) we actually have a picture from that night with us holding our paintings and you can see in my eyes like i'm so drunk and he's like becca we missed our we missed our dinner reservations that night like we ended up ordering a pizza that i had to yell at you not to eat in the uber on the way home because you were so drunk (laughs) oh that is so good that's so great but that's would be that's what i would do i would drink a ton and then i would get drunk and then i'd eat everything in sight and it would probably just hit you really for sure it would just hit me and then you know i wouldn't remember any like it was a bad it was a bad period of my life my poor husband dealt with me during that period um but it was like that whole i have this night to have as like my cheat meal that i'm not going to track and it was fit everything into that Mm -hmm. moment i probably consumed i mean two bottles of wine and some pizza three to four thousand calories in Mm -hmm. that in that sitting alone yeah not to mention if you ate other normal meals throughout the day or snacks or things like that so weekends are really really important guys again you can take seven days right do the math there three out of seven that is that's not a very good ratio and so if you're planning to go out and you have a social event we would say eat a little bit lighter through the day, focus on protein, vegetables, hydrate, and then go ahead and track that meal in. Look at the restaurant menu. Look at the calories. A lot of places now have the calories on the menu, or you can easily find them in my fitness pal. You guys have probably heard me talk about Cooper's Hawk before. It's one of my favorite places to go. I love their life balance ahi tuna. It's, it's gluten free. It's like 500 calories, but it's got white rice, this Asian slaw, and then amazing portion of ahi tuna. It was probably seven or eight ounces of this ahi mm. tuna. So sometimes I don't even finish it all because it is a yeah. larger meal. But that compared to that burger and fries or they have a flatbread and salad combination, that flatbread and salad combination is probably 2,000 calories in and of itself. And so you just want to look and compare what the better options are going to be if you continue or if you want to continue to make progress while still being social and enjoying the weekend. Number two. What? Go ahead. I was going to say number two. You're overeating without realizing it. Because even healthy foods can be overconsumed, guys. Like, a lot of times, like Liz just mentioned, we see this with going out to eat, ordering the salad because we think it's the healthier option. But salads with dried fruit, cheese, you know, the tortilla strips or like fried onion strings, a salad dressing, a protein on it that is probably cooked in oil, whatever it might be, guys, you guys, that stuff adds up fast. Smoothies are another one. Acai bowls. I think acai bowls are probably like one of the top ones that people I actually had a conversation with a client last week. They're like, I was trying to eat healthy and I picked the acai bowl. I logged it and it's like a hundred grams of carbs because it's all sugar <laughs> that you're taking in. And it isn't th- like these foods aren't bad foods, you know, a salad, a fruit bowl, whatever it might be, a smoothie, but they add up in terms of how many calories they provide. And in, especially a lot of times in terms of carbs, um, like the poke bowls. Is it pokey poke? 
Pokey. Pokey. The Pokey Bowls usually come with like two cups of rice. That's like 80 to 90 grams of carbs in a meal alone. And so we need to be aware that even though they are quote unquote healthy foods, some of these foods adds, uh, add up guys. And we end up being way over our carbs or way over on sugar intake for the day and low on protein. Cause when you go out to eat, it's usually lower protein than normal. So just because it's a healthy option might, if you aren't tracking those things accurately, you might be over consuming calories. Yeah. And we need to talk about trail mix and nuts and nut butter oh. because we see this a lot, right? Clients mm-hmm. think that this is healthy and it is absolutely healthy for you. There are so many good benefits to a high quality you know, trail mix. But when you get into, again, the dried fruits, the pieces of chocolate, now you're racking up carbohydrates, not just protein and fat. The other thing that I'm seeing a lot more of now is all of these different nut butters that have a lot of other things added to them. Yep. So there's more carbohydrates coming in with that naturally. And so you need a way in measure those things because they're very, very dense. A tablespoon of nut butter is a hundred calories on its own. Add that into, let's say, you know, chocolate chips in it or chia seeds mm-hmm. or other things that people are, you know, putting in. I believe it's the American Dream Nut Butter Company, which I hear amazing things and they all look fantastic. But now we've taken a health food and we've turned it into a not so healthy food. Mm-hmm. Right. And so just very easy to overconsume those things. So weigh out and measure some of those very dense products. The third thing is you are not moving enough. So fun fact, because we love fun facts. um, The average person only gets 4,500 steps per day. I will say I have a couple of clients that get less than this per day. Mm -hmm. And I understand it's cold. Becca and I just got back in from a 20 minute walk in the 12 degree (laughs) blowing winter here in Chicago. But if you want to get your steps up and that's important to you because you want to see progress, Bundle up, get outside, break up your walks, be intentional with your movement. If you're working from home, we work from home. We know a lot of people mm-hmm. have shifted to working from home in the last couple of years with COVID. Plan and schedule your walks in. You know, Put it on your calendar, over your lunch period. The best thing you can do as well to support blood sugar levels and energy levels and digestion is to take a 10 to 15 minute walk after your main meals. So if you're not counting your steps, we would highly encourage doing that because it's a very, very easy lever that you can pull. It is not something that your body is adaptive to. So we've talked about this before on the podcast. When you are running and you're getting better and more efficient at running, you're now burning less calories doing the same length of the run as you were when you first started. Walking is not that way. You are going to continue to burn calories as you continue to increase your step count. Mm -hmm. So this is a lever and this is one that I have pulled in my cut phases, 12,000, 14,000 steps because to honestly 10 to 11 is my baseline. Yep. So I'm the same way. And I think because of COVID, this is one of the things that a lot of people have not acknowledged is that like you guys, when you would go into the office, walking to and from your car, walking to and from meetings, like there's a lot of steps that can happen in that place, especially if you live in or if you work in a big office building, you could be getting two to 5,000 steps in a day. Now we're at home. We walk downstairs to our home office and that's it to the kitchen. Like we get way less movement when we aren't doing that in a day. And I think a lot of people didn't account for that. And in turn, we saw a huge uptick in people's weights. What's scariest to me is children's weights during COVID have, it's, it's astonishing. Like we now outnumber healthy weighted children with obese children, which is just really sad. Um, Anyways, next one, number four, calories are too low and you've entered into kind of a storage place with your metabolic function. So there is such a thing as too big of a caloric deficit. 
caloric calorie deficits are kind of a sweet spot that you need to find um, as our maintenance ranges. A lot of times our maintenance range, you know, is a range of say 1800 to 2200 calories. Your calorie deficit might be a range, but we don't want to be too low in a calorie deficit because it gets to a place where we tip the scale from the body, you know, it being a stress to where the body is responding with weight loss compared to a stress where the body is now conserving because it's too much of a stress. Our body has basic needs. It has daily energy expenditure that needs to be put towards controlling your brain function, your heart function, your lung function, basically all of our organ function, maintaining muscle mass. And so when the body isn't even getting enough to do those things, it's going to slow down and sometimes shut down other functions to conserve energy. And so one of those functions is burning body fat. And so we need to find that sweet spot because if you're trying to lose weight at 800 to 1,000 calories, a day. Maybe initially you might lose weight doing that if your body isn't too stressed, but very quickly your body is going to see that as a threat and it's going to start holding on to weight. And so we need to be smart about the calorie deficit that we are in. Yeah. So I'm going to ask a question here and we'll see how you answer this. Um, So Becca, I have been tracking my calories and I'm doing about 1400 calories during the week. On the weekends, I'm a little bit higher because I have a really busy social life. If my weekly average deficit is in that sweet spot. Is that something that's going to work for me long-term? For you, it depends. Because some people, I will say, can do this. Not very many people. Because a lot of people actually are consuming more on the weekends than they think that they are. And so it pulls them into a maintenance And there's a lot of inflammation typically that happens from those foods on the weekends. So if they're drinking, if they're eating fried food, stuff like that, it breaks down to actually being beyond just a calorie in calorie out thing. And now you're dealing with inflammation that people deal with. So it depends. I will say some people can successfully do that, but it tends to gravitate towards a poor relationship with food, restricting and then binging and all of those things that we don't want to see. Yes, exactly. We were just talking about relationships with food earlier today. And it's really shocking, you know, to see... I've had several conversations, a new girl that just signed us up with us today. She's so afraid of even some of the most nutrient dense foods because of what coaches have told her in the past and how much restriction that she had to, mm-hmm. you know, do for that particular um, protocol. And it's just really sad to see. And it's also really sad to see, you know, people who think that that 12 or 1400 calories during the week and then whatever the weekends Mm -hmm. end up being is going to work for them long-term because essentially you're just putting your body into more of a stress state, cycling super low to super high. And then also, like you mentioned, the types of food and the inflammation response in the body. This can also impact our digestive system as well. It's not Mm -hmm. comfortable for your body to go from maybe 40 grams of fat a day to 110 grams of fat because you're eating really high fat foods eating out. So just had to throw that in there. The next one is not enough sleep and poor quality sleep. So when we are sleep deprived, this puts stress on the body. You have heard me say it probably 10 times on the podcast in the last two weeks. There's two ways we build our body up. Number one is we eat and we eat good quality nourishing foods, vitamins, minerals, amino acids, proteins, good quality carbohydrates. Number two, we sleep and we recover and we restore. And so when you're not getting good sleep, I'm sure you guys can all relate to this. Let's say you wake up in the morning and you feel so tired because you tossed and turned or you only slept four or five hours. You almost feel like you're hungover. Mm -hmm. You're starving. You're craving carbohydrates sugar, right? Hyper palatable foods. You also feel during the day you can never really get satiated and you're just struggling. I know when I'm not sleeping, well, I am riding the struggle bus. I don't feel good or strong in my workouts. Heck, my motivation's not even there to want to go to the gym and get a workout in, right? Um, We also see people who struggle with blood sugar issues that they are 
more sensitive on those days. They're riding higher with their blood sugar levels because their body has not recovered. And then, you know, the cycle continues and the person thinks that I can sleep four or five hours and I'm fine. Oh, it's fine. It's really important maybe for me to get up in the morning and go to the gym and crush my workout. But now you've basically created a stress cascade. Blood sugar is higher. Cravings are higher. We're over probably consuming even some of the healthy foods. Our workouts are not as strong or they're more taxing to the central nervous system. So it's basically like shooting yourself in the foot. So if you're not seeing progress, evaluate sleep and stress. Take time. Get into a calm state. Whether this is meditation, it's journaling, it's just simply sitting and taking 10 deep breaths really, really important. And then also evaluate your sleep routine. What's your schedule? I mean, I don't even deviate anymore from my sleep routine on the weekends because I want to wake up feeling good on Monday, Tuesday, every day of the week, I want to wake up feeling good. And so for me, that looks like I'm in bed by 930. I'll be honest, some nights, if I'm tired at nine o'clock, I go to bed. I'm like, I don't need to stay up and watch the next half hour of Netflix. My body is physically tired. I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to get extra restful sleep. I'll wake up feeling refreshed and I'll crush another day. So for you guys who think that I'm a grandma, that's totally okay. You can judge me if you want, but sleep is so, so important because I know that it is a trigger for me to, you know, it's like a ripple effect, right? When sleep isn't right and I'm not well rested, everything falls to the wayside in terms of productivity, thinking clearly, being patient with my child, wanting clean, healthy, quality foods, having good energy, lifting strong. These are things that are really, really important. Mm-hmm. Number six, not tracking BLTs, our bite licks and tastes, or like things like oils, butters, condiments, drinks. You guys, this stuff can add up. And I th- this is a really common question, especially like in a cut phase of tracking oils. Um, usually what we say just to be safe is if you are cooking with like olive oil or butter, track at least half of it because some of it will burn off in cooking and some of it won't necessarily like get fully absorbed into that food. So being safe, but you need to account for some of it unless you're using like just sprays or steaming or things like that, that you're not using oils, but those things can, those things can add up. Oils are very dense in calories. I mean, a tablespoon of olive oil is a hundred calories and 90 or nine grams of fat. And so we need to be careful with those things. And, you know, even if it's just like a little bit of butter on your vegetables or a couple bites of your kid's mac and cheese, half a glass of wine or a wine, like those three things in the course of a night rack up to 300 plus calories. And so that can be the difference between the calorie deficit that day and the calorie maintenance. And this is something I've had to very heavily reflect on when I went into my cut phase because I am the queen of bites, licks, and tastes. Like, oh, I'll have a bite of Carson's food to make sure it's not hot enough, but then I'll just eat the whole piece because I already took a bite out of it. So I'm not going to give him that piece. Like it is so bad. I have a sip of my husband's beer or like I pour a fourth of a glass of wine, all of those little things. I remember one day I tracked them all and it was well over 300 calories. And so you have to kind of hone it in sometimes if you're not seeing the progress. Yeah. Especially with some of those dense condiments, right? Like let's Mm -hmm. think like sriracha mayo. I know you love that Mm -hmm. one. Gosh, a little drizzle of that can be 50 calories, Mm -hmm. right? And so those things really do add up. Another thing is that we are relying on the scale versus looking at other measures of progress. So 
first and foremost, let's just say that yes, the scale is a measure of success. However, it is not the measure of success. It is one point. It is a data point. And honestly, it's going to fluctuate day to day, especially if you're a female, especially if you're stressed. If you're a mom that's maybe not sleeping through the night, you're going to see different fluctuations, not just because of your hormones, but also because of your lifestyle habit and routines that are all over the place. Your weight sometimes is all over the place because of your water weight that is fluctuating. Okay. And the other thing that I will add in here too is like digestion, the types of foods you're consuming. Last time that you ate before you went to bed, did you have a bowel movement before you weighed yourself in the morning? There's so many different factors that go into the number that reflects upon the scale. So what we encourage everyone to do is take progress photos, take measurements. For me in the cut phase that I went through, and I'm just starting another one today actually, as this podcast airs, pictures are pretty much the only thing that I use for my personal Mm -hmm. definition of progress. The scale is there because it's data for my coach. I don't even care about it anymore because I'm like, I can feel great. I can feel lean and the scale will be up. I get my period this week. The scale is always up a pound or two, right? Mm -hmm. And so making sure that you are not allowing that scale to determine your adherence, because if you allow it to determine your adherence, I'll tell you, you'll probably be a lot like I used to be. And I was all over the place because I'd get mad. I'd get upset. Well, it's not working. I got to change. I got to pivot. I got to be more restrictive and more restriction doesn't mean more results. Yeah. I So I'm currently in a cut phase right now and I'm five weeks in and the scale literally just started moving last week. It took four and a half weeks for the scale to move at all. Like I was bouncing up and down the same one to two pounds. And in the past week and a half, I've dropped two weeks, I've dropped over five pounds and it's now stabilizing at a lower number. It's kind of what we call with the whoosh effect with Mm -hmm. a lot of times, it's just a process that your body goes through where it seems like nothing's moving and then there will be a kind of large cascade of movement and then you stabilize at a new low weight. And like Liz was saying though, I go off of pictures as well because I am now currently at a lower weight than I was before I got pregnant, but I don't look as good as I did then. I'm not as muscular. I'm and so like I don't even go off the scale because I'm I'm less than I was when I felt that I looked better and I was fitter because I held more muscle and that made it a huge difference for me. So we cannot just go off the scale. I mean sure it's nice to see the scale go down. Any female can I think attest to that. But like at the end of the day, how do you look? How do you feel? How do your clothes fit? Number eight, not managing stress. Like we just talked about with sleep. The stress can cause blood sugar to be higher. It causes cravings. It causes anxiety. It causes doubt. It causes irrational decisions. I don't know about anyone else, but like when I'm stressed is the number one time where I'm like, screw my diet. I want chocolate. I want all the sweet things. I want all the alcohol. I I deserve it because I'm stressed and I never make good decisions. And so another sense, if you are not managing stress, high cortisol basically puts a kibosh on weight loss. When you have high levels of circulating cortisol in the body, you are not going to burn body fat very well. And so you have to manage your stress. If you don't think that you're stressed, but you're juggling 8,000 things, newsflash, you're stressed. Like, it, just because stresses are normal doesn't mean the body doesn't perceive that stress. And so you really need to be careful about how you treat yourself, how you treat your mind, the things that you're talking to yourself on, how you're whether you're resting or not, getting enough sleep during the night, all of the things that counteract the huge stressors in your life. If you have a lot of stress, guess what? You need to have more de-stressing activities. You have to implement them. You can't always remove the stressors. Like we can't get can't get rid of our kids, guys. They're stressors, can't get rid of them. They're there for life. We love them, 
but they're stressors. And so sometimes we need to have the time with the girlfriends. We need the manicure, pedicure. We need the meditation. We need the extra hour of sleep. We need to add those things in to counterbalance the high stress. The Food Code Podcast is brought to you by Fit Mom Lifestyle. If you're interested in our individualized coaching that we always talk about and how we may be able to help you like we help our clients in accomplishing optimal health and losing weight and achieving their goals, you can click the link in the show notes and you can actually schedule a free 15 to 20 minute call with either of us. We would love to talk to you. I couldn't agree more. I'm actually posting this week about eight things that I wish I knew at 21. And one of those is to create space because I am a very outgoing person. I love being with friends and family and socializing. However, over the years I have learned, it is so important for me to have just me time. Like if that's going to get a manicure and a pedicure and doing it by myself, Mm -hmm. if it's me going for a walk by myself, if it's me watching a movie by myself, I, I got to tell you after this podcast, but I did get up on Sunday morning and watched Emily in Paris. I was up at five. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I was up at five 30. Art was reading and I was like, I'm going to watch Emily in Paris because I've already studied a lot this weekend. Um, anyways, I need that time for myself. I think everybody does, even if you love being with family and friends. And of course that's very, very important to have those, you know, relationships with other people one of the best ways that you can de-stress your body is to create space. Yep. All right. The next one is overdoing cardio and underdoing strength. How many times have we talked about this Gosh, on the podcast? Too so- many. Too many times. This is like my number one rule. You want to see body composition change. You want to see better, you know, long-term physical appearance, lift heavy weights. Yes. And some people might say, well, I don't burn as many calories lifting weights as I do on my runs or my hot yoga. Remember the ads that used to say you're going to burn a thousand calories in 90 minutes of hot yoga. So when we look at calorie burn, and this is where I think a lot of people need to set aside the tracking information in terms of what their Fitbit says. And, you know, as far as like how many calories they burn or the treadmill tells you, you just burn 560 calories in 45 minutes, things like that, right? So it is true that from a pure calorie perspective in your workout, you will burn less compared to higher intensity, let's say conditioning, running, biking, things like that. However, you're actually going to burn more calories in the hours following for your body to repair and rebuild itself. Mm -hmm. And the day following, you're still burning calories. I believe there's been research that shows you can burn calories up to 48 hours in the recovery process, depending upon how intense Mm -hmm. your lifting session was. And that's because your body is repairing that muscle. It's building up ligaments, right? It is sending nutrients into your muscles that have just been broken down in your training session to repair and rebuild and grow new cells. And this is how we see strength gains as well. And so the biggest thing is, yes, you can still do some cardio if you want to, but focus more intentionally on strength and progressive strength. Mm -hmm. This is something we've talked about it before, but we're going to say it again. The 10 pound, the 15 pound dumbbells for, you know, years for some individuals, that's not helping you grow muscle. Mm -hmm. You need to be creating different stimulus and that is lifting heavier, moving heavy weights around, lift heavy things, put them down. Syed had a great post about this, uh, if you guys follow Jordan Syed, he's on Instagram. He's fantastic. But he basically goes through a long list of exercise. He's like, push the bench press up, right? <laughs> Squat your ass down, pull the shit from the floor, you know, and getting into some of these bigger movements is really, really important if you want to train your whole body and build strength and look good. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of like, you guys, all you need to do deadlift, squat, press, pull, 
for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Like throw some accessory stuff in there to keep it interesting. But if you did those four movements for the rest of your life, you'd be pretty set with like a good foundation of strength that keeps you healthy and helps with body composition. But the other big thing is cardio is adaptive. Cardio, you will adapt to. You will negatively adapt to. Meaning, like Liz was saying, if you run three miles today, you will maybe burn 300, 400 calories. The next multiple weeks, if you keep running those three miles, you're going to start burning less and less. Your body's going to conserve more and more energy doing those things. Weightlifting is the opposite. When you lift heavy, you build bigger muscles. Those muscles require energy to maintain themselves. It is a positive adaptation. Weight training is the gift that keeps on giving. It is so protective in nature in so many different ways. Just lift heavy stuff. Next one. You're not pushing yourself hard enough in the gym. Have you been lifting the same weights for the last... I feel like I'm an infomercial. Have you been lifting the same weights for the last six to 12 months? Using the same dumbbells, putting the same weight on the barbell to squat... You need an intervention. We need to start lifting heavier. And here's the thing, guys. If you only have those weights at home and that's your only option, fine. You might maintain doing that, but you are not going to see progress. So this podcast is about if you are not seeing progress, you need to push yourself harder. You need to evaluate those things too. Like, do you track that? This is something that I'm huge on. And I I know Liz's as well. Like, I've paid attention to, okay, a month ago, I could only do three pull-ups in a row. Today, I did five pull-ups in a row. I'm obviously getting stronger. Like I am gaining strength. I am building muscle. Those things are what help my body change over time. And so you have to track these things. Just because 85 pounds is comfortable for a squat and you're you know, afraid to get hurt, I'm sorry, guys, you're not going to see any progress. Getting stronger muscles protects you from getting hurt. There you go. Just make sure you're doing it with the right form. If you've never worked with a trainer or anyone before, maybe hire one to make sure that you're safe there. But at the end of the day, you have to push yourself in the gym. And the last thing I'm going to say is like, do not cut corners. God is watching. Your body knows when you don't do something or when you do do something. If you got to, you know, the end of the workout had 30 burpees in a row and you got tired at 15 and you said, that's good enough your body keeps score. Okay. So stop cutting corners. I love this quote. How you do one thing is how you do everything. Pay attention to that in your life. Yep. I was actually having a conversation with another lady this earlier this week. And we were talking about this specifically. She's like, I used to be in sports. I was really competitive. And she's like, now I feel like when I'm left to my own vices, I don't push myself as hard. And I said, I get it. That's when we got to dig deep for that Mm -hmm. mental grit, right? If this is what's programmed, you got to show up and do what's programmed. And here's one of the reasons why sometimes Becca and I video ourselves, to be honest, is like, we want to show you guys like, yeah, this sucks, but you got to push through it. You got to do what is written in your program. And if you need to build up to those things, again, talk with a coach, hire a coach, right? Have somebody that can help you get to a place where you are conditioned to do these things, but you're never going to be in a better better physical state or have better strength or better endurance or better conditioning if you're not actually following through with the program. It's like if you quit a Peloton workout five <coughs> minutes early, you just gave up on yourself. Yep. Right. Yep. So you got to dig deep. Um, all right. The next one is metabolism has adapted. So let's say you are somebody who is not fluctuating 1200 to 2800 calories um, on the weekends. And you've just been eating the same thing for years and years and years. And maybe you're at 1000 to 1200 calories. You say, Liz, I'm just not really hungry. I just 
don't really have an appetite for any particular food or I am so busy, I just keep forgetting to eat. Well, your your metabolism is adaptive and it is reactive. And so you're probably in a place right now where you need to adjust calories. You need to reverse. You need to give your body more. Becca just made a great post about it. If you haven't seen it, go on her Instagram. She posted it on Tuesday and you can read through that and some of the tips that she shares there. We won't dive into it now, but you need to create a different stimulus and you need to readapt your metabolism to a place that it can allow you to see progress. If you've been, very short here, but if you've been eating 1400 calories for years, that's your new maintenance. When in reality, you should be able to eat 1800 to 2000 calories at maintenance. You've got some work to do to reverse up, restore that homeostasis and the maintenance level. And then you will see progress when you pull calories back because now you've actually given your body the ability to respond and not respond in a state that, you know, it feels threatened. Mm-hmm. All right. Last few here. Number 12, you're not weighing or measuring foods. This Wing is the bell. This guy's, I know it's annoying. I'm doing it right now. It's a huge pain in the ass, but like I'm seeing results finally when before, when I was trying to do this and I would have a couple things here and there that I wouldn't weigh or I'd eyeball things like even though I've been weighing and measuring my food now on and off for like seven to 10 years, there's still things that I misinterpret. Barbecue sauce is one of them. I love me some barbecue sauce. I have to weigh that shit out because it adds up really fast in terms of carbs and sugar. And so like everything seriously weigh, track and measure everything you eat for a week. You will be shocked. You will be shocked at what things are. And I will caveat this with like, if you eat overall a very whole, unprocessed, healthy diet, the range that it will fluctuate is a lot lower. Because for example, rice is a lot denser than vegetables. If you misinterpret like a cup of vegetables, it's the matter of maybe like 30 calories. Rice, on the other hand, can be the matter of like 100 plus calories. And so I and another thing is a lot of people think that they eat a lot of protein and they don't eat enough protein. And protein is huge when it comes to weight loss and progress. I'm consuming right now about 150 to 160 grams of protein. It's hard for me I have a protein shake and a protein bar every day, and it's still hard for me. And so most people are not doing those things, and they're taking in maybe three ounces, maybe four ounces of protein. Total honesty, you're not going to hit your protein levels. Yep. Unless you're 100 pounds. Yep. You know what's really fun is Becca's in her cut. My cut starts today, the day this airs, and we eat the same amount of protein. But I weigh much different than she does. Well, I also your training is much different, though. My training's different, and it's I've been building up to that level of protein because when I was pregnant and postpartum, I wasn't taking in as much as I should have been, and now I've been working on that. And I, for me, it would I would have to eat like 175 to 180 grams of protein. It's just a lot of protein. Yeah, it is a lot of protein, and it's funny to just co- like compare our numbers. Like we were talking about over lunch today, like Becca's training is a little bit different than mine. She's got a lot more gymnastics, a lot more um, high intensity and conditioning work, and so she does better higher carbohydrates. Where for mm-hmm. me, I feel better in a cut phase, keeping my protein high, my fats pretty high, and then my carbohydrates are actually relatively going to be low the next couple of weeks here. And it's just one of those things. This is why we do individualized coaching because you shouldn't be on a cookie cutter plan, Mm-mm. right? Um, anyways, I digress from that. I'm going to add on one thing to this. So you're not weighing and measuring foods. So fun fact, and I'm going to be sharing this um, later this week in a post, there is about a six to 9% error in MyFitnessPal between your calories and your macros. Because essentially what MyFitnessPal does is it takes your macros and it rounds them, which throws off your calories. This can be high or low. In my post that I'm sharing, mine was about 9% over 
what it stated in terms of my calorie intake. So when you are tracking, you want to be looking at your macronutrients, not your calories in MyFitnessPal. You can listen to other podcast episodes that we have done on protein, how much you need, how to set your macros, all those things. We have all those resources uh, in previous episodes, but pay close attention when you are tracking to the nutrients tab in MyFitnessPal, not just the calories, because you can be anywhere between six to nine percent off. And that's a pretty large mm-hmm. range. And it's a little bit angering as a coach because <laughs> I believe MyFitnessPal sold to Under Armour. I read it was over $400 million. You would think they could get this right. I mean, I it's it's fours and nines. Come on. I know. I know. Fours and nines. All right. Let's wrap it up. Keep Number going. 13, your goals are conflicting. This is a big one. If you have the goal of, I want balance in my life. I want to be able to go out to eat. I don't want to have to worry about having ice cream with my kids. But you always, but you also want to have a bang and body composition. You guys, those are kind of conflicting goals. Because I'll be honest, it takes a heck of a lot of work to get a banging body composition. Like more work than I think most people are willing to put in. Total straight up. Because I've been there. It's very restrictive in terms of lifestyle. And so if you have conflicting goals, you are going to have moments where you are justifying things. And you are saying, well, I want to have balance. So I'm going to go out for date night and I'm going to have this burger and fries and a couple glasses of wine because I want to enjoy my life. But then you're angry because you're not seeing progress. You guys, unfortunately, you need to get on the same page with yourself and either be okay with having that balance, but like carrying a few extra pounds, which most people should probably be. Most people should be living their life there. Unfortunately, guys, 95 to 100, 95 to 99% of people are not going to be walking around with abs. It's just the reality of it. Like most people will not carry that much muscle and sustain it. Most people cannot be that restrictive. Most people, especially females, are probably going to carry a little bit of body fat in their midsection. They're probably going to have a little bit of love handles because that means you're having a healthy balance of life. And so you need to be okay with those things and not have these conflicting goals. It's very frustrating as a coach. (laughs) Well, and this is why we like periodization, right? Because we plan these cut phases where we want to get dialed in. We want to be a little bit more restrictive and disciplined. And then when we get closer to the refeed days or the maintenance weeks, this is where we can enjoy those things with Mm -hmm. our family, right? We can say, you know, I'll have a glass of wine with dinner tonight. But when you're in a cut phase, you need to be doing everything within your control to control as many variables as possible. And guess what? Everything that we've talked about so far is within your control. You can manage your sleep routine, right? You can focus on adding de-stressing activities in. You can change your quality of food from processed foods to one ingredient whole foods, right? You can adjust your calorie intake. You can Mm -hmm. work on your protein. All of these things are within your control, weighing and measuring your food, tracking your food. All those things are within your control. But is it smart to do these things when you're in an extremely stressful season of life? The answer from us is no, because you're needs are elevated. And so sometimes when you have these goals, you also have to consider what is the season of life that you're in. For example, right now, if you're a tax accountant and they're on the January 31st deadline, they're working 12, 14 hour days. Do we expect that person to prioritize tracking their food, weighing their food, being really, really strict? Or would we rather them not stress so much about those things, focus on quality food, balanced meals, and getting to sleep in the hours that they can. That's what I would say as a coach, because you have to be realistic with your expectations and your goals relative to where you're at in the season of life. So hopefully that wasn't confusing. But the last thing we're going to say as we wrap this up is you're not flexing your patience muscle. 
You, I, I'm the perfect example of this. I literally didn't see the scale move. I have been, and Liz knows this, I have been relentlessly committed. I have like shifted my schedule, made adjustments. The only thing I'd say is like one thing that has been a little on and off is sleep, but that's just random here. It hasn't been like consistently bad sleep. My scale did not move for five weeks. Mm-hmm. Five weeks of consistent, relentless work. Five weeks. Yep. Even for me, when I was really, really strict for those seven weeks, I was only looking at half a pound, sometimes a little bit more per week weight loss. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, they don't have the patience to look at the long term. Where am I going to land three months from now? Where am I going to be six months from now? Right? They're instead just looking at, well, half pound wasn't good enough this week. I quit. Something else has got to change. You guys... The body is so, so smart. (laughs) It is so, so smart. You can force weight loss. Let's say if you wanted to start taking poop teas and you wanted to, you know, take some um, ephedrine supplements or things like that. Sure. But is it healthy? Is it sustainable? No. And that's one beautiful thing. And Becca will be the same way. I'm sure as she pulls out of her cut is like, I can come into a season of maintenance. You guys know, I've talked Mm -hmm. about this before. I'm sitting about two to three pounds up right now, give or take, depending upon the time of my month time of the month, time of my month, um, time of the month, but I've maintained that and I haven't had to track. I've basically just been really consistent with my training. I pretty much eat some of the, you know, most of the same foods, more fun foods or for more fun recipes here and there. And I don't have to track as religiously, but when I go back into this cut phase starting today, I'm tracking, I'm weighing, I'm measuring, I'm not wasting time. If I'm in a cut, there's no mm-hmm. time to waste. You do it or you don't at the end of the day. And so if we're struggling to see progress, go through and evaluate all of these things. And please don't feel like, you know, we're yelling at you. Um, but this is some of the things that we have seen over the seven, eight years that we've been coaching now that people are wasting time tracking and not evaluating, not adjusting, not, you know, following the protocols and the plans or communicating with their ch- coach around social events and things that they need to plan ahead for so that we can manipulate and adjust things appropriately because you can still be social and see progress. We just have to also have a plan in place and stick to our commitments. Thank you for listening to The Food Code. If this episode resonated with you, please share, rate, and review as this helps us reach others around the world. With that, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Love you guys.